prayer, I was praying because I was so excited about him being born. Lord, help me to not take my eyes off of you. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Everybody, it's Brandon back, and this is a kind of a special episode we're doing here today. I have somebody who's usually in the background doing all the producing and all the other the stuff that really makes this show happen. My lovely wife, Sandy. Hey, everybody. Yeah, Sandy yeah. Cakes. That's what I call her. I got that from uh, what is it? Stranger, Stranger things. things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I have an awesome guest on today, and uh, I'm gonna tell you just a little background of how I came to know of him and and why I want him on the episode and everything then I'm gonna let him really get into you know his background and stuff we have Tom Dunn on our show today if you'd like to say hey Tom hey Tom what's going on I mean hey, how you guys doing <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much for having me on I am delighted to be here yeah well thank you for coming and uh, yeah, I know Tom through Kenny C. He got me hooked up with Vicky first, and then I started watching Audio Topsy, and I'm familiar with their. Uh, I don't know if it's it's not really a podcast, is it, Tom? It's like a video cast. It, the yeah, Black. it's a video. It's a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah, through the Black, which is they'll tell us more about that at the end. I'm gonna plug all this stuff, but uh, yeah. So, but uh, about. I think it's been about two months now. I don't know. Sandy and I went to uh, Ohio for the Go There For conference. And this guy, Tom, who spoke, there was, there was, you know, all these speakers. And what he talked about impacted me the most in my heart of any of the speakers. And and I love all the speakers, so I'm not dissing them or anything. But uh, it just was very powerful. And I, I told Kenny that night, I really want to have him on our podcast and I want him to talk about what he talked about because it was so powerful. And Kenny says, well, I'll pull some strings. I'll make it happen. You know, he's, <laughs> and, and, uh, he, he's, he's like Kevin Bacon. He's like six degrees to everybody. So anyway, it's really cool. So I, I said, I'm going to get Tom on the program. And the thing that he actually talked about was, was prodigals and, and dealing with prodigals and stuff. And so before we really dive into that, I'm going to let Tom talk a little bit and tell us, uh, Tom, I'd like to hear a little bit about your testimony and kind of how you got in the whole YouTube channel stuff and everything. Well, um, hey, uh, thanks again, Brandon and Sandy. Uh, uh, this is uh, super cool hanging out with you guys. You know, I had no plans of doing what I'm doing. I was just a, a student or a listener of podcast, and I listened to a lot of them for years and years and years. I tell people I kind of went to uh, college in a way because I was listening to all of the, mm -hmm. you know, maybe people are familiar with L.A. Marzulli, with uh, some of the old school um, podcasts like a, a show called Future Quake, and mm -hmm. I listened to Tom Horn, and I listened to all of these guys 
and uh, just eight hours a day, as much as I could get, then I would listen to them over and over and again. And I kind of started out doing um, conferences. I got the I got the idea to bring everybody together in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, a lot of the um, the guys that created content were from that area, and I thought, man, if I did a, a podcast there, everybody would be local, and uh, it's kind of a centrally located place. So uh, that's what I did, and that was back in two thousand and eight or nine. I forget. But wow. uh, we called it the Last Days Conference, and that was um, that was a conference that kind of inspired a lot of the conferences that we're seeing today, because it just kind of um, started snowballing from there. Then other people started doing conferences, and then here and there, and then now we have all these conferences. It's awesome. I don't have to yeah. do them anymore because there's <laughs> people that are much better at them. And I kind of switched spots, and I didn't really mean to, but I got connected with a guy by the name of Russ Dizda. And he kind of took me under his wing and took me, you know, everywhere. He took me to, to Germany, to Poland, to Scotland, to all over the United States. We went to New York. We went to just everywhere, all over the state of Ohio. And uh, he uh, trained me in, in ministry and evangelism and uh, just kind of investigation. We would go on what's called REAP trips. Uh, R-E-E-P, standing for Research, Exposure, Evangelism, Prayer. So the idea is when we left the house, we were going to do all of those things or one of those things or whatever. Wow. And um, that's that's what we would do. And if if no one is um, uh, familiar with Russ, he passed away almost two years ago now. But uh, he was my mentor for years, and um, you know it's. It, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm on the network with Johnny McMahon, Iron Johnny. You know, and uh, yeah, he was just talking about. Um, we were talking about the the possible new, the disease that's not named outbreak that's coming up, and he was right. talking about how Rob had died from that, and Russ had died from that, and and stuff like that. And so I just heard his name when Johnny was talking about that. So. Yeah, um, yeah. I I never had a chance to meet him or really listen to his stuff, but I would love to to get into it and stuff. He, I love the prayer stuff. I think that he did with the SRAs. Yeah. So yeah. Russ was like the leading guy, uh, probably in the world that would investigate satanic crimes, and he would help survivors of oh, ritual wow. abuse. Yeah. So he, you know, he had been doing that for years and years and years. And just by the providence of God, I met him. I heard what happened is I was at work. I was listening to his podcast and I thought, wow, this guy is from Ohio. I want to get connected with him. And I reached out to him and uh, we exchanged some emails before I know it. I got to meet him and he invited me up. He said, well, he said, if you're interested, he's like, come on along. Um, I originally wanted to make a movie about the things that he talked about. And he said, well, if you want to make this movie, come, come with me here. I'll show you some stuff and research this. And that's what I did. And, and before I knew it, I wasn't focused on making a movie. I was focused on doing what he was doing, which is evangelism and ministry and yeah. uh, just uh, helping people in that way. Well, have you, um, do you have anybody you're doing this with now? I mean, he multiplied himself to you. Are you multiplying this with anybody else? Uh right now yeah yeah actually um we try to mentor as many people as we can so it's um it's 
not necessarily um uh, I don't have like anybody like specifically in a relationship the way Russ had uh you know he mentored me I have right. I've, I've absolutely done that but uh right now it's just kind of the thing where we kind of um over the phone somebody that's on the other side of the country or something like that we'll walk them through stuff and we'll we'll mm. teach them you know how to do this or they'll take the course but they have the head knowledge but they need the experience and we kind of walk them through so uh definitely you know those kind of things are going on uh but it's not not exactly in the same way but we have a great team at through the black of people that just kind of volunteer and help us do these things and we all just kind of encourage and teach each other that's awesome that that's i'm asking more for myself i mean sandy and i've done healing prayer with people for like years and we had a retreat center down here in mississippi and that was one of the things we we did a lot of work with uh, burned out pastors and ministers and stuff. And uh, what what you're talking about is just super intriguing. And it goes right along with uh, part of the discipleship ministry that we do, where we go into areas and prayer walk and and uh, try to meet people of peace and, and plant organic or house churches in different places. So anyway, I, I was just that that really you piqued my curiosity about that. I might have to check with you uh, at a later time about what y'all do and everything. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us and, and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members only group things that are coming in our members only group that are going to just blow your mind not to mention there's gonna be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel so make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members only community i just can't stress the fact that you know we're after building a community and there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there Yeah, wow, that's that's exciting. So that gives you the background to you know to lead into what we want to talk about today. Um and that would be prodigals. So so tell me about Elijah. Well, um man, um you know, and if you're uh referring to my oldest son Elijah. Yes. What a I'm just man, I'm just so thankful for this kid and the, the, you know the first thing I can tell you about him, I remember, you know, just kind of weeks coming up until he was born. The prayer I was praying because I was so excited about him being born. And I said, Lord, help me to not take my eyes off of you because I know there's work to be done. I know there's ministry to be done. And I was young, you know, when my son was born. Um, 
I was about 20 years old and I saw people uh, that started families and they kind of quit ministry, you know, and I, I was involved in ministry young, you know, even in high school, 14, oh, wow. 15 years old. And I was really focused on evangelism. So I, I said, Lord, I don't want to take my eyes off of you. I'm excited to be a dad. I want to be a good dad. And I, I was just so excited, you know, about, um, uh, you know, him coming into the world. And I prayed that prayer and I was really, I had a fear of that. And God answered that prayer to where I was able to continue, you know, to do ministry and, and you know, kind of um, uh, function and also, you know, be involved in his life and, you know, and have a great relationship with him and that sort of thing. So I'm just kind of jumping down rabbit holes because you asked me about Elijah. But yeah, um, go man, for it. Um, yeah Elijah, he grew up, you know, in a Christian home and um, was, you know, his mom and I were very involved in church and his mom was part of the worship team. And, and he was, um, you know, they, when he was in uh, Sunday school, they said that he, they called him a little evangelist. He just had such great faith. And, and when they would teach kids to pray in Sunday school, he was the one at the front of the line, you know, laying hands on people and praying for people and just believing mm -hmm. and healing and things like that. And, um, so what, what happened with Elijah is, uh, unfortunately when he was about, uh, nine years old, his mom and I went through a divorce and it really did a number on his faith. Um, he, his faith was so strong. He believed that he could just pray and fix everything. And we believe that, right? We believe prayer can, can mm -hmm. move. But yeah. he didn't understand the, you know, the idea of free will. Okay. And anyway, that really did a number on his faith. And uh, he, he was greatly affected by the divorce. Um, of course, during that time, uh, I, was, I was a mess. And um, the, the environment that he was, um, you know, he went from a very stable environment to an environment where he was spending time with me, spending time with his mom. And it was, um, uh, he in some ways just kind of fell through the cracks, right? Yeah. So um, I remember when he was 15, he got a chance to go to, um, to camp, to, uh, to church camp. And he came back and he said, Dad, he said, I really want to work on getting closer with the Lord. He just, and, and he had such conviction. And the place I was at at the time, I was like, oh, man. I, I want that. I want that passion. And I didn't have it at the time. And I felt convicted hearing him say it. So, um, so anyway, life happens and Elijah just kind of slowly began to drift away and want basically friends. And he would do things, you know, to get friends. Um, yeah. and, uh, he just kind of had, you know, a lot of secrets that he was ashamed of, you know, and, uh, partaking in substances and doing things that he wasn't supposed to be doing and just kind of, you know, his heart got darker and darker. Yeah. And um, he left home as soon as he could pretty much at 18 and him and I kind of, kind of butted heads and um, he just began running and um, just had this rebellion in his heart and he got a taste of the world and he got a taste of freedom. 
And that hurt in the way that I kind of explained it at the conference is, you know, you have your heart broken and then you begin to break your own heart, mm. you know, and then you look for things to uh, you look for painkillers. And that's what he was doing, you know, and um, he was in some, you know, dangerous situations over the years. You know, I know one day he's going to tell his story. He's going to be able to yeah. use this testimony. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of careful about, you know, what I share, but right. he's given me some freedom just to kind of share, uh, because, um, the, the testimony has, you know, has affected so many, but I, I just, I prayed. I remember the year that he turned 18, it was in, uh, it was in January. His birthday was in February. Uh, I, I fasted. This is the biggest fast. I've never done a fast like this since. But I did, um, and other people that are really good fasters, I'm not a good faster. They'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not, no, that's not a big deal. But I, I fasted two meals a day for 40 days. And that was a very difficult fast. And I don't mean I just skipped meals. I mean, I prayed, I interceded, because I knew my son was turning 18 in February. And I wanted to cover with him with as much prayer as I could. And... um I prayed and prayed and prayed and I just watched him just kind of slip away. And I watched him just, he couldn't look me in the eye anymore, you know, and kind of drift away. And he, he spent pretty much his twenties going from couch to couch to place to place. Sometimes he would bounce back here at home when he just completely hit bottom and then he would recover and then he would, he would launch out again. And then, you know, a couple of times he's been back. So, um, you know, this year I did a conference in April. And um, after the conference, I wanted to track him down again. And I, I found, you know, I found him and met up with him and checked in with him and was praying, you know, praying for him and just, you know, what can I do? And uh, the, the, what's been going on with him for years is um, he has just, he won't return my calls, you know? And he won't, he won't acknowledge my texts and I'll just send him something like I'm praying for you. And then out of the blue, maybe a couple months later, thanks dad, I love you. You know, or he'll call up and like nothing, nothing ever happened. Like he hasn't been, you know, ignoring me for so long. And I just, I, I just went along with it just because I, I knew that I, I didn't want to do anything to, to make it worse. Uh, yeah. to push him away, you know, even further. And basically my, my strategy was just to love him. And when I saw him face to face, I would give him a hug and then I would, I would pull him close and pray for him and pray over him. And he would let me do it. And then he would go. So after the conference this year in April, I just really just was determined to, to pray for him and just seek God for, for help. And um, even though his mother and I, we've been divorced for 20 years now, we have, um, uh, we have worked together on, on raising our kids and we have, you know, just kind of shared with each other, Hey, you know, pray for Elijah this. And, and she'll tell me, pray for Elijah about that. So uh, we've worked together in that way. And I was, I started to fast for Elijah again. It was sometime in the middle of April. And I remember it was on a Thursday. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in the middle of the week sometime. He called me. He said, okay, dad. He said, I'm ready to come home. 
And I, I got like halfway to where he was and he called me back and he said, I can't do it yet, dad. I'm not ready. And I, I I tell you in that moment, I was not discouraged, not, Mm. not even for a second, just because I knew God was moving. And I said, that's okay. It's okay. I'm not, I refuse to be discouraged. Lord, you are in control. And, uh, it was actually coming up on my birthday. Uh, I just turned 50 in April. And the one, the one thing I wanted for my birthday is all my kids to be there. Right. And just because of all this, just kind of crazy stuff that was going on in his life, everybody was there, but him. And I was, I was really bummed out, but I said, Lord, I said, we're just going to do this later on. We're going to get together later on. And it doesn't have to be on my birthday, but I, I'm just so confident that he's coming home. And I, I, I stayed in, uh, contact with him and just, you know, I would go up to see him when I could. I got an address, so I was able to say, "Hey, I'm coming. I'm coming to see you." You know, for a couple hours, it was a it was a ways away from me. But um, anyway, he said, "I can't come home today." And then it was right around the Fourth of July. I got a phone call, and it was on a Saturday night. And he called me. He said, "Dad," he said, "I need you to come and get me." And I thought I was going to have to go that night, but um, which was which I would have done. But I, I went and picked him up on a Sunday morning, and it was a bad situation. He it, it was kind of crazy. He he had like some you know some duffel bags and like three boxes of stuff. That's all the things that he had accumulated for eleven years. Wow! And he put him in my car. We went home, and something something had changed. You know, I think he was just tired of running, and. He, we, he was home for a week and he said, dad, he said, he said, I, I quit using it and I don't want to use anymore. He said, I've been sober for a week. And he said, I don't want to go back to that life. And he said, I'm so happy to be home. And it's been real close. We're coming up on two months now. He's been home. He's been changed. God is working in his life. I had an amazing conversation with him today. He's got a ways to grow, but I I wish I could share, and and one day he'll be able to share this, but just the maturity and the conversation that I had with him today, he's like, Dad, I'm trying to do everything right, and he's explaining everything to me. And I just say all praise to God, and and the reason I share this story is for anybody out there that has a prodigal, that has a son that you've been praying for, don't give up. Don't give up. God is moving even when you cannot see him move. And I just refused to give in to any kind of doubt or despair. And I said, Lord, I don't see you moving, but I know that you're moving. I know that you're doing something. And um, I just heard all of these testimonies of people that were in worse situations than Elijah or similar. Mm. And I'm like, God, you saved this person. You rescued this person. They came back. I was like, you can do that for him. You can do that for him. And man, I am, I'm so happy just to report. Like I said, it's been two months since he's been home. He's just immediately started to do things to say, I am making a serious change in my life. And he's, his, his growing spiritually, it's coming slow. But, and I don't push it with him, but you know, I say, son, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this. I said, I help people all around the world with these things. So um, if I, you know, if I do anything, forgive me. 
it's it's my fault, you know. But I want to ask you how you're doing and how you're growing here, and, and you know this about the Lord and that about the Lord. And um, God is moving, and uh, He's got plenty of plenty of room to grow. But He He is just uh, displaying in His behavior um, massive growth, and I just praise God. Uh, it's a miracle, and I'll be honest with you, I still I kind of feel like it hasn't hit me yet. Wow, um, it's um. I believed it would happen. You know, you know when you pray for something, and oh, yeah. you pray and yeah. you believe God's going to do it, then He does it, and then you're like, "Wow!" I, you're still surprised, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, wow. yeah. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, you know, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of things, and Elijah shared with me things about that happened. He's like, "Dad, I don't know if you want to hear this stuff." And I said, "I don't need to hear it." I said, "But if it helps you to share it with me," I said, "Then by all means, share it. You know, with yeah. me." And he was in a situation like nine months ago where he was riding with somebody. And the person that he was riding with was started taking drugs as they were driving. And he began to get very scared. One, mm. because he knew his life was in danger. And yeah. then two, because he thought, is this what I'm going to become if I keep going mm. down this road? And he was haunted by that for, wow. for a long, long time. And then, yeah. So God was working, God was convicting him, and I knew he was convicted. That's why he wouldn't answer my phone calls and texts. And when I saw him, he was just very affectionate with me and hugged me and, and say, I love you, Dad. And just, man, none of my kids, and I'm close with all my kids, but none of them give hugs like, like Elijah does. And um, so uh, he, man, for... Uh, almost 30 years, he's been my buddy, and we're we're just so close. And even when he was, even when he was uh, running like that, I, I felt close to him. But he he just he was struggling. Uh, God is good. God is faithful, and God is working even when we don't see it. Well, let me ask you this, Tom and, and Sandy. Feel free to chime in if you have any questions or anything, sweetheart. Um, Tom, when you were going through this whole thing, I, I want to go ahead and just throw out the disclaimer. I, Sandy and I both were two of the ones that stood up and and you prayed for us, uh, you know, at the end of the the conference. And I am not a weeper, but when you started praying, I broke <laughs> like like Niagara Falls because we have two, and a lot of. A lot of their baggage is they they saw how Sandy and I were treated as ministers and as pastors, and it really by the church, and it's really turned them off to the church. Now Jesus, they're okay with you know, mm -hmm. but the but the church and just people, and uh, my oldest is is super close. I mean he's he's actually studying Stoicism right now and, and stuff and. And he even he'll come and tell me he's like you know Dad one of your friends shared the gospel with me and. He, I felt it in my heart and stuff. And, and, uh, so we have that kind of able to talk about that, but, uh, he just hadn't gone over the edge. And, and my younger one is a free spirit. He reminds me of your son, Elijah, a lot. Mm -hmm. he, he's mm -hmm. my, yeah. he's my, my hugger and he does a lot of online stuff. And so he's, he's kind of been misled by a lot of wokeness sort of. And so he hears a lot of, a lot of that, and so he'll have arguments, you know, with him with the Christians. So, full disclaimer: we have two prodigals, and and they weren't probably in the situation that Elijah was in. But just to hear that story, and to see him there, and to see oh, him yeah. weeping, and uh, and and to know, uh, it was anyway that it just touched yeah. me. 
it, yeah, I want to add when when he stood up and I realized he was in the audience, I lost it because <laughs> it was like it was like this moment. It was this this moment of hopefulness to all parents out there who have had or have still have children that are prodigals. It just I can't even describe what it was like at that moment. And and then I don't even know. It's like time stood still. It was it was the most beautiful moment. And so I was so thankful that that you shared that and he got to be there with us because that probably was the most impactful to me moment of the whole conference. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I um I usually talk about some other stuff. We try to expose some darkness and things like that. But I just kept coming back because, you know, as I'm going up to the conference, this is happening in real time. And yeah. I asked Elijah, yeah. I said, would you come to this conference with me? And can I share a little bit of your story? And he said, yeah, sure, dad, sure. So I kind of, you know, I, I had this idea in my mind. And of course, I put the slides together. And um, I, I wanted just to give people hope. And I knew not only was that going to help the people in there, but it was going to help him because he could see how mm -hmm. his testimony can reach other people. And many people yeah. came up and, you know, talked to him that night and uh, they were encouraged and he was encouraged. So it yeah, was- Yeah, I honestly um, wanted to go hug him, but I couldn't get to him. Um, <laughs> I mean, but then I was like, I'm going to be this like, this little old lady bawling all over him, you know, because <laughs> I couldn't say anything. Well, again, praise God. And um, I just, um, for me- I just knew God was working, and I just refused to give up hope. Right. I refused right. to give up hope. Let, let's let's That's hit on awesome. that for a second. Let's, uh, yeah, it is awesome. So, what what? And I don't want to, by any means, this is not my style to to simplify this down. Like, okay, give us three easy steps that you <laughs> that you you know, at a bullet and a, and a poem. Anyway, so but but <laughs> but uh, you know what what are some that if you could caps encapsulate what kept you going i know i know the lord but but it, or was there anything that you did special that kept you going through this any uh any specific moments that you recall that like were like uh in the old testament it calls jesus a nail in a sure place and 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 to me he a lot of times he is he's an anchor in a sure place that i can hold on to you know and um anyway do you is my question too long and weird? Um, <laughs> it might be. It might be. I'm going to do the best I can. Yeah. So, um, and we can me, edit any of this out. You. Okay. Um, Romans chapter 15, uh, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, um, what encouraged me the most is just studying God's word mm. and just believing in God's word and believing in God and knowing, you know, um, I, I love apologetics and I love learning about just all of the, just the deep truths of the Bible and just the mysterious things. That's great. But for me, the, the way that I feel about it, I don't need any of those things because I know personally what God has done in my life. I know that he saved me and I'm just, I'm not the same person. 
And he, he's just done a work in my life. And I'm like, Lord, if you've done that for me, then you can do that for anybody. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know, people can could just scream in my face, I don't believe or, you know, this or that. And I, I'm not moved. I'm not, I'm not going to flinch. I'm not uh, mm. impressed by your, by your hatred, by your doubt, um, because the Bible is full of people and testimonies where God has turned it around, okay? And look at the example of uh, of uh, Saul, who became Paul, right? Um, mm-hmm. On the road to Damascus, knocked off his horse, blinded by the light, right? Um, yep. uh, you know the the presence of God, and he turned around and wrote, you know, most of the New Testament, and gave us so much great, you know, information on spiritual warfare and Christian doctrine and all this stuff. So, yeah. and, and, and testimonies in my own life and, and, and what God has done in my family, um, it's just, God is so real to me. Um, and I, I just, um, I, if, if anything goes wrong, it's my fault. You know what I mean? And um, w- when it goes right, God, it's, it's God moving and, um, and, and God manifesting his power in my life. And I, I've just seen some powerful things and it you know giving up uh was not um was not an option uh, mm. and i'll tell you you know about a month before he was he was in a situation that just was not good and i'm like lord what do i do what do i do to this you know do yeah. i accept his place in life right now um i i don't want to do that i believe that you can do something but I was I was thinking that you know because back in April he called me up and he was like dad come and get me and then he changed his mind and then he made another step towards you know away from God so to speak and I yeah. thought has he has you know where where's the point of no return and I thought mm-hmm. is this going to be a part of his life he was living 2 hours away from me and it was difficult cuz he wouldn't answer my phone calls so I had, it was a lot of work for me to go see him. And I mean, it was, you know, there was a lot of things involved, you know, just, to, you have to take a day off just to go see him, you know? And yeah. I thought, is this going to be my life? Is this where he's going to end up? And I, I was like, Lord, what do I do? And I just kept getting back, just love him, just love him. And uh, just, just show him compassion and love and forgiveness. And no matter how many times he ignores you or doesn't answer your phone call, you know, um, and for me, I always think of my relationship with the Lord. And mm. when I would get, um, get rejected by my son or anybody, I'm like, Lord, is this what it's like when I've done that to you? And I, I just thank you for your patience with me, God. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for... Uh, for your grace and for your mercy. And I just have to extend that to people that have done that to me. And, you know, even in uh, worst, you know, horrible nightmare, I went through a divorce 20 years ago. And, um, you know, not to get into the details of that, but my wife and I at the time, we didn't, we weren't good to each other. And, you know, and she you know, was not nice to me. And it hurt, hurt real bad. But I thought, God, is this what it feels like when I do this to you, when I reject you, when I treat you this way? Mm. And I have to forgive, 
you know, and we've forgiven each other and we've all, you know, matter of fact, um, a lot of people are kind of weirded out by, um, the relationship that I have with my ex-wife and her husband and my wife, my current wife. Now we're all friends and people are kind of shocked at that. Mm -hmm. But I just say, Hey, that's the spirit of God. That's God moving. That's, um, God bringing healing, you know? So anyway, I don't know. I hope we don't get too out of where you want to go, but I'm just no, no. randomly, you know. No, this is this is totally, I mean, this is encouraging. I just want to encourage other parents out there that are going through this and just to experience like what, what we ex- we experienced at the conference, but just to hear your story and, and to, to not give up. You know, it's it's really interesting to me that you said God was real to you, you know. That that is one of my daily prayers for my boys is like Jesus, just be real to them. Just show yourself as real to them. And 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 that's just such a huge a huge key. It was in my life when I got saved. I mean, I was I was going to college and 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 I, I ended up getting saved in a Bible class of all things, reading the Bible. So I really got saved by the word. But uh but uh yeah, it. It, it he just became real to me and i i decided because i was raised in the church and i i wasn't very happy with the church and i decided uh Sandy and both decided that we weren't going to uh like make them go if they didn't want to go and all that kind of stuff and we've had doubts about that you know the devil has beat us up about mm-hmm. that oh we should have made them we should have made them go we should have you know and yeah <laughs> and and yeah. I just, I just know though that when they take it, when they finally get it, when he reveals himself as real, that they're gonna, it's gonna be real to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's what I saw in Elijah when we were at that conference. Is it's like, yeah, it's real this time. I just like knew in my spirit. I know that sounds ho- uh, kind of hokey, but or right. woo woo, but 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 it just did. It resonated with my spirit when I saw him down there down front. I'm like, he's got it. He's he's here this time. Well, He's not going back, yeah. you know, and uh, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, it was like Tom and I were talking before this show, right before you got on, Brandon, and and I was saying how, you know, we have to remember the promises of God. And I think about all the things that I've prayed for our children and and I remember the promise and then I surrender the process because it's going to be in God's time and not my timeline. And I know that um, that's what was so cool about Elijah that night was I could tell he owned it. Like we've said that about our children is, you know, we want our boys to, when they have come to Jesus, to have a relationship, not a religion they follow and that they own it, that it's theirs. It's not because, because we told them this was what they needed to do. This was because they made the choice to love him with their life. And so, you know, and like Brandon said, we've been beat up a lot through the years of the enemy saying, Oh, you know, you, those times you should have had them in Sunday school every Sunday. And because that's what I did, but I had to unlearn so much. And I think that's what's happening now with this next generations is they're having to learn it because we're not teaching it to them because we had to unlearn it. And I don't know what's worse is having to learn it older or, or unlearn it when you're older. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, um, I I um I really can resonate with your guys's parenting style and I think of of similar things. You know, we kind of um uh 
I have uh, my youngest is uh, 18 and 16 and my uh, my youngest daughter just went to college and I have a 16 year old son at home. So we we got in the practice. We're not really we haven't been involved in church, but we attend church. And I have one uh, one of my kids that is sitting there and he's paying attention. And then the other one is very just kind of you can tell by the body language that they're closed off, you know, and they're not nothing is getting through. Okay, so it, it's it's just like ah oh, man, uh, and I you know and I pray and I'm like Lord I I just pray some truth gets through. Uh, I'm very active in praying, Lord, uh, choke out the lies, remove the lies, don't let them take root, and let the seeds of truth take root. Yeah, and um, mm, good. anyway, yeah, we we pray for spiritual roundup to go over the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I know. I don't know how God feels about Monsanto, but right. anyway. <laughs> but spiritual roundup, Lord, and particularly the bad seeds that I've planted. But yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's quite a journey. Um, to kind of land this plane, though, I usually on every podcast I ask someone, and you've kind of told us like probably one of your biggest, but I want to hear another one if you're cool with that of the the most supernatural thing that you've you've seen or heard since you've been saved. Well, I tell you this: um, uh, when when I think of when I think of that, I immediately go back to about 1995. I was at a Christian music festival. And I was, uh, w- there, there was a band from my area that was playing out there. And, um, do you Christian... play? By the no, way, no. do you play? Okay. No, I don't. No. Okay. I don't have any, I have absolutely no talent whatsoever. When it comes <laughs> no, to music. That's not true, but yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, anyway, this, this band was playing and the name of the band was called Zayo. Um, and, uh, they were, um, playing in this tent at this festival in Illinois in a cornfield. And I saw the singer. He was a friend of mine earlier that day. He's like, man, he's like, I, you know, I'm really feeling the Lord is, you know, going to do something uh, powerful today. And I was like, oh, cool, man. I'll see you there. And what happened in that tent? I've never seen anything like it. I've been to many different types of churches. Yeah. But um, the band had been doing like praise and worship from the stage and I've been watching them in Cleveland and we would go to every weekend we would go see him. And the, the singer was, um, was just wanting to worship God and the style of music was very, very heavy, but they would just worship God and praise God. And, um, he led that whole tent full of over a thousand people, you know, in worship and just telling, you know, uh, telling them to, to praise God and to worship God. And he was worshiping God. And he was leading by example from the stage. And I've never seen anything like that. But I, I'm right now, as I'm talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps. Mm. Um, I saw people that didn't really understand the idea of being slain in the spirit. And I'm not, uh, I, I never went to a church where that, that type of thing happened. But yeah. in, in that tent, people were falling out and they didn't know what was happening to them. There were people from all different denominations and walks of life. Wow. And the, the spirit, the sweet, sweet spirit of God was so powerful in that tent. And people were weeping tears of joy. And um, the, the people that were putting on are, are in charge of the stage. 
they were wrapped up in their schedule, you know, and they were trying to get people out and they couldn't get them out because the next band had to come on. They were yeah. not noticing what was happening. But over an hour after the show was over, people were still just down on the ground and crying. And it was it was just because we had been in the powerful presence of God. Wow. And um, for days, I couldn't talk about that show without crying. And I, I remember driving back and my wife at the time was in Indiana and I picked her up and I began to try to tell her what happened. I just began bawling and she was like, what happened to you? And I would try to share what happened. And the only thing I can say is God came down in that place so powerfully mm. and it was just so overwhelming for me. I mean, like if you want to talk about a, you know, kind of like a Pentecostal type of a church service that I, I've never seen anything like it since that was back in 1996, maybe. Wow. But um, it, I mean, it, it was amazing. There are people that still kind of talk about that today, you know, friends of mine that, that were there. Powerful, powerful thing. But, you know, of course, we've seen God move and, and drive out demons and set people free and that yeah. sort of thing and, and just yeah. speak to us and bear witness and, you know, heal us and all those things. But No, that's, that, that, that sounds awesome. What, what I like about that story is that there were, uh, it seems like to me, you said there were people there that didn't have any sort of, they, they weren't expected to perform and God just still yes. touch, touched them. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, that, that is when, you know, it's like the real deal and not some phony baloney stuff, you know? And, and well, oh yeah. 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 If you, if you grow up in a church in a Pentecostal church and I didn't, I, I grew up in a church that was a holy roller church, but it wasn't necessarily Pentecostal, but mm -hmm. there are some things you kind of grow accustomed to seeing and you know how to do it. If, if it happens to you, these yeah. people didn't know. Yeah. And yeah, I, man, it was powerful. It's like, you just know he's there. You just, he's right. just, it's, it's like, it's like syrup, you know, it's like his, I hate the or honey. That's a better metaphor. It's honey, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like honey. Yeah. So that's an awesome story. Well, Tom, thank you so much. But if you, if you would, Tom, would you pray for anybody that's out there that's struggling like with prodigals right now? Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. For the, yeah. So, Father, I just want to give you thanks uh, for this day, Lord. Just every breath that we breathe is a gift from you, and we we praise you. We love you, God. And Lord, um, I know that there are people out there listening to this right now that uh, have a, a son or a daughter or a grandchild, Lord, or somebody in their family, Lord, that they're praying for, that they're concerned about. I just ask, Lord, that you would just uh, uh, inspire them with your word, inspire them with hope, Lord, yes. and encourage them, Lord, uh, to not give up the fight. Lord, we pray that you would bring every lost sheep back into the fold in Jesus' name. Yes, we pray, Jesus. save them, break yes. the power of addiction, yes. break the oppression, break yes. the work of the devil, God. And uh, I just pray that you would strengthen them, Lord, in spiritual warfare and intercessory prayer and everything that they need strengthened in, God, and just in encourage their hope, Lord. And, and just, uh, Lord, I pray that you would just press it on them to never give up for their lost loved ones. Lord, Father, I told my son in the driveway years ago, I told him I would never quit coming after him. And um, Lord, I just pray, give everyone just that drive to continue to go after them no matter what, Lord, just like you would go after us if we were the only sheep out there. 
So we thank you. We praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, so much. Thank so you, where Tom. can they where can they find you, Tom, if if they want to check yeah. you out? Listen. Throughtheblack.com is our website. That's where you can find all of the stuff uh, that we have, all of our archives. Um, we're not doing a lot of live stuff right now. We've been kind of on a break for a while, but that's where you can find the links uh, connected to Colleen, connected to Vicky and all of us and the stuff that we have there. You can see what we're about. We expose a lot of darkness. We do a lot of evangelism. We talk about a lot of dark things. We want to bring a biblical perspective to uh, things like witchcraft and how to respond to that and how to battle that. Uh, we cover a lot of that stuff. Cool. Cool. That's yeah, great. we do too. Yeah, we do a lot of deep dives in the occult kind of kind of stuff. I I don't like to say it's fascinating, but it is interesting, and, and I, I definitely have a heart to see people pulled out of that. So, but uh, yeah, thank you so much, Tom, uh, for being on the show, and uh, uh, Lord bless your ministry and everything you're doing, and Lord bless Elijah. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.